Let's talk about the Roscommon senior footballers, shall we? I mean, a disappointing year for Roscommon in 2021. Beaten in every game in the National Football League. Beaten in the Championship by Galway as well. It was always going to be tough for them, to be fair, in that division, uh, in the National Football League, in Division 1, when you're paired up with Dublin, uh, Dublin, Galway and Kerry. You know, it's always going to be a struggle and always going to be very difficult for a team like Roscommon to avoid relegation in that scenario. But... Yeah, five defeats in total for Roscommon in 2021. A disappointing year. They haven't won a game, as a matter of fact, since just after the lockdown in 2020. Um, the return of football just after the lockdown. They won two games in Division 2 against Bo Armand and Cavan to seal promotion. And that's where they'll be once again in 2022. They'll be back in Division 2 in a very difficult Division 2 alongside the likes of Galway, Mead, Derry, Cork, Clare, Offaly, Down. I mean, so many great teams in there. It's going to be very tough for, to see how Roscommon get on there. I was delighted to speak with Dara O'Connor from the Sideline View podcast for today's season preview. There will be more season previews coming out later in the week as well. We'll have um, the We Are Mead podcast on as we discuss Mead. Another Division 2 team in there, of course, as well. We'll also be discussing the leash hurlers and leash footballers later in the week as well. So if you enjoy this content, enjoy all the uh, season previews, all the rest, leave a like and subscribe. And without further ado, let's get straight into it. Before we get straight into the podcast, I just want to give a huge shout out to our sponsors, D Kirby GA Star. Declan Kirby GA Star Championship Journey. It's a series of GA team children's books written by primary school teacher and GA coach Michael Egan. You can check it out in the link in the description down below, of course, as well. Follow the trials and tribulations of Declan Kirby and his team at Smith Green Gaelic Football Club, recently formed a promising GA team. The book is now available in Easton's and all good bookshops, so check it out in the description down below and let's get straight into it okay so i'm joined here now by dara o'connor from the sideline view podcast here to preview the roscommon senior footballers ahead of the upcoming 2022 intercounty ga season i suppose i was chatting to you off there dara you're keeping well anyways and i suppose you're uh you're somewhat set for christmas anyway albeit with all the restrictions and madness going on yeah it's a bit deja vu coming up to christmas again after after last year we probably everyone thought last christmas that this Christmas should be a bit, well, a, nor- a normal one, if you like, anyways. And uh, yeah, it's um, it's fairly similar. It's a bit depressing again. Um, you just have to hope maybe it, compared to last year when we were in lockdown till the end of March or, or so. It went on for, for three months. You have to hope that maybe by the end of January, hopefully, or something like that, and we can kind of proceed with GA with, with crowds and at the games as normal and and have a proper year for the first time since 2019, I think, uh, was the last sort of full proper year, which is incredible to think going into 2022. So you just have to hope that we'll have a, a fair crack at it this, uh, well, next year. Yeah, it's mad actually when you put it that way as well. The fact that the last time we had a full normal GA season was uh was 2019 it's kind of crazy when you when you know really does kind of put a lot of things into perspective have you been enjoying much of the club action or following much of the club action or anything over the past couple of weeks I know Podrick Pierce is there got into a kind of club senior football championship final I suppose and in somewhat controversial circumstances but um have you been following much of the, the club action or anything yeah, I've been keeping an eye on here and there. Obviously, there was common um, club championship. I kept a close eye on, and I did. I didn't. I didn't actually see the game live. The the one against Mount Bellew and um, Moylock, but uh, I saw the highlights. And yeah, probably controversial to say the least. 
Uh, but it's a it's a great win for 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 Pierce to get into a a kind of club final. That's a really great achievement for them. Um, you know, against a fancy uh, Mount Bellevue team, I'm I'm pretty sure. So um, it'll be an interesting final against Knockmore. Knockmore um sort of struggled a bit over against the Sligo champions uh, Tour de France. So um, yeah, look, I'd be Pierce's. You'll have to. It's a it's a final. I'm probably I'm pretty sure Knockmore will probably be favourites going into it, but um. Say, look, it's a great opportunity. And then you win that and you're suddenly a game away from, from Crow Park in an All-Ireland final. So, I mean, you just have to grasp these opportunities. Uh, they were in it, obviously, a few years ago against Currafin and put a, a decent challenge up to Currafin for, for long periods of that game. So the thing about Pierce is, is they're, they're a dogged team. They're a hard team to, to win again, you know, with the likes of the dailies there. It's four dailies with the three from their Scotland team and, and Lorcan as well, uh, Davy Murray, Hubert Darcy, you know, they have six or seven county players there and they're a real tough nut to crack. Uh, we've seen that in the, the county final against Clannacale as well. So uh, they'll fancy their chances and uh, it'd be great to see our Scotland team uh, win the Connacht Club. I think Pierce, or well, not Pierce, uh, Bridges, um, I'm pretty sure we're definitely the last last team to do that. So it'd be, it'd be great for the county if they could. Yeah, I suppose producers are probably going under the radar a little bit as well. Like I feel like a lot of people are looking at the the usual big hitters and maybe Knockmore might be the favourites, but I don't know. Like Knockmore are probably a team with a lot of inexperience in there. And like what you said in there with Pierce's with the with the dailies and whatnot, like they're probably the team with the experience and the history of um having well, I suppose having played in the, the Connick final two years previous. So I suppose they're the team with maybe a little bit more experience. Yeah, yeah, no, they'll definitely Definitely use that. And is look, county players are important to a certain extent, but definitely, I suppose, the experience of, of I said, the, the likes of the Dailies, Davy Murray, you know, they've played Connick's senior county finals and, and they've played and they've had that experience against Curra Finn. And even that Mount Bellew game will stand to them to get through a battle like that, you know, a, a close, a close battle, obviously, again, in controversial circumstances, but they did their job. Um, so yeah, you'll have. I think they'll definitely fancy their chances. Um, I mean, they've only won two county senior titles. I mean, the first one was I think was it 2018, 2019? I can't even remember the years with all the COVID stuff. But um, which was incredible to think actually. You know, they're big club pierces, so they've actually only won two senior county titles. So, I mean, if they could win a, a kind of club on top of that, it'd be a, it'd be a huge achievement for for the club. Yeah, and I suppose we're not too far away now from the inter-county return as well, like only five or six weeks away. I know it sounds a bit crazy with the fact we still have Christmas to get through and all the rest, and, and maybe there might be stoppages, and we don't really know what's going to happen. But I was seeing there, like even some pre-season tournaments scheduled for, I think, the 5th and 6th of January or that weekend. So, I mean, I'd, I'd imagine you're excited enough to see the inter-county return and I suppose get back into all that action as well. Yeah, yeah it should be kind of the proper lead-in with the... Um... Well, I know the Connacht FBD is going ahead. I think I think for Scotland have I think it's Sligo. It could be Leitrim. It's Leitrim or Sligo, I think. Um, and then they're they're playing them games in the um the Connacht GA the the Air Dome. I don't know if you have seen that for the first yeah, time as well. Yeah. Well, so so that that that'll be even uh, look the FBD is never the most exciting thing. It's about getting fitness and testing out players. But even that sort of element to even see that in full use, you know, an, an indoor arena. For, for a GA game will, will be interesting. So um yeah, just looking forward to the scene to seeing the team back in action. It's been long enough. I think it was, could I think it was June when we got knocked out. So you know you're talking six or seven months and it was the limp way we went out as well. So hopefully uh New Year and uh, a better one for, for Roscommon. 
Mm, that Airdome, that's Mayo's Airdome, isn't it? That's their... Uh, mm. It's the Connacht, Con- well, it's in Mayo. The Con- yeah, yeah. Connacht Con- G is, yeah, Mayo. Yeah, so we won't, won't give Mayo that one, but it is in Mayo. <laughs> yeah. It's Connacht Con- Con- GA property. Yeah, I'm sure Mayo will, will try and claim anyways or, yeah. or something anyways. like. Yeah. But um, but I suppose, how would you reflect anyways on, on 2021 League and Championship for Ross Common? Like, I suppose not the... Not the best in the end, not wins. I don't, I don't think in, in order of league or championship from what I can remember. Obviously, there was no qualifiers in there. So if there had been qualifiers, maybe you might have got one or two wins or, or gone on a bit of a run. But I suppose it was always going to be tough as well, especially when you look at the division you were in, like Kerry, Dublin, uh, Galway in there as well. Like I suppose it was always going to be tough. Yeah, I mean, you can look at it two ways. I mean, the teams we were playing against were were, were the real top end of, of the you know the country. It wasn't like we were losing to... Division well, bottom end division two or three teams. Um, so you can you can say that I think it was probably the performances were just really dis- disappointing. Um, in the year, um, you know games that stand out. I mean the two two Galway games. I mean the Armagh game was a really poor one. You can lose to Dublin and Kerry. You know you, you'll get a sort of pass on that. But I think it was the Galway and Armagh games. We kind of see we see ourselves in and around that level. You know we're not in the top four or five, but we see probably Galway our mad teams we can beat and it was just kind of the performances that were limp um, and just the way we went about it it was kind of defensive slow play and I, I think I said earlier in the year if you play that way you you have to really win you know if you if you're lo- if you end up losing then it's just not going to go down well and um, yeah there's been a complete clean out of the backroom team now it's just Anthony Cunningham has stayed on and a whole new backroom team have come in I mean Something had to change, whether it was going to be the manager or so, just something had to change. So it will be interesting to see how different it is um, uh, next year with, with, with a new backroom team. Um, but you have to hope in Division 2 that will, will surely be competitive. Uh, well, that's the expectation anyways, to be challenging for pr- promotion again. Um, which it is, it's a competitive Division 2 as well with the likes of uh, Mead, Galway, Cork, Derry, Offaly, even coming up... Uh, Eaton Down is a tricky team. I'm, I don't know if I'm missing anyone. Claire, maybe. Uh, Claire oh, as well, yeah. Yeah, as well, yeah. yeah, you know, it's a really competitive Division 2. Um, you know, and probably all of them could could say be up towards that, that top end. But Division 2 is always like that. You could be two points away from promotion and you could be only a point above relegation. It's just one of those crazy divisions. So... The expectation is definitely to challenge for, for promotion and definitely be in the top three, I suppose, at least be there come the last game um, of the league. Yeah, I think I remember an interview with one of the Cavan players when the full-time whistle went and they were disappointed that they didn't get promoted and then they just found out they got relegated with, with, with yeah. the way some of the other results went. So sometimes Division 2 can kind of be a bit crazy but like what you said there like it is going to be fiercely competitive in division two like it's now maybe in previous years it might have been a bit of a given um maybe not necessarily in terms of how the divisions play out but maybe on paper you would have looked at it and saw you know okay Roscommon should be good enough to get promoted here they should be there thereabouts but looking at it this time around like the teams that are coming up in terms of Derry and Offaly are, are definitely on the rise and Galway are obviously a very good team as well and then some of the teams even in the middle of the pack have probably improved as well. Like Cork have got a new manager in there. Mead, I'm sure, are going to want to have a, a big year under Andy McEntee. So, like, as much as Roscommon might be chasing promotion, it could easily go the other way as well. So it's definitely going to be a tough league campaign, I'd imagine, for the Rossies in there. 
yeah, yeah competitive games, uh, which which you want. Uh, you know, the, I said listing the, the teams out there, there's, there's no real easy game there when you when you think about it. I think you know down are probably the weakest in the division, but we have them away going up to Newry. So that that's you know again, anytime you go up to Newry, it's, it's never easy. So um, you'll have to. I think whoever goes up this year, they'll really have to earn it. Um, but look, the expectation has to be to challenge at least for a promotion. I think that's the very minimum re- requirement. Um, you know, you you think we've been promoted or relegated every time the last like, four or five years. So will it will it finally stop and we settle in Division Two or we will we go back up to Division One? I think we're more than capable of going back up to Division One if we if we play our football. I think Galway are probably the fav clear favourites. I'd imagine uh, to go up with just with the, the players they have and. You know, I'd be surprised if Paul we didn't finish in the top two. So you probably then see Cork, Roscommon, Meath, and Derry. I'd say that's a challenge for that second. I think probably Clare, Offaly, and Down are just below that. Um, so the competitive, um, and I think Anthony Cunningham needs a good start as well to the year. Uh, there was a lot of people probably calling him for for him to go after that, that Galway game. So. He needs a good start this year. And I don't think there's any excuses for a poor year this year being in Division 2. And especially with that Connacht Championship draw to get to a final as well. You know, that, that's a minimum. And it's no disrespect to Sligo or New York if they if they manage to pull it off uh, an upset there. But, you know, any time you avoid May or Galway until the final, you have to get to the final for, for Roscommon. So um, last year you could make a few excuses. I don't think the excuses can be there this year. Yeah, and I suppose given the fact that we've seen the Roscommon under-20s make the, the final last year as well, obviously beaten by Offaly in the end, could you see any of them under-20s maybe make a couple of appearances in this Division 2 league campaign? Because it is probably a good time, although you, you want to be careful and you don't end up in a you know a relegation dogfight around like that, because we've seen obviously with Tier 2 coming in, and like what you said, Roscommon should be good enough to make it a kind of final anyways, but you don't want to risk that situation where you go down to Division 3 and then you know maybe for next year you're kind of stuck there with a potential tier two coming along, but could you see maybe someone else under twenties maybe make it into the team? Couple of appearances here and there. Yeah, well, from what I've heard, well, I think we'll be back training a few weeks, anyways, and 50, 50 players have been brought in sort to have a look at. Um, so I think definitely, I think four or five under twenties have been brought in along with um, a few other younger lads, maybe 21, 22. So I think he's definitely trying to to freshen up a bit because I think that's probably one thing you could throw at us that. Under Anthony, the last three years, really, no, it's been the same team. No one's really come into it, so it does need a bit of a freshening up. I mean, that under twenty team, there's definitely two or three fellas in that in that team that's more than good enough to. I I think everyone's thinking, oh, um, just even bring them into the panel. You know, we're not asking for four or five of them to go straight into the starting team, but just to see, you know, um, so someone from that team to go to go into the panel or into even one into the team just to freshen it up. Because they're more than good enough, you know. They gave a huge lift to the, the whole county last that last year. It was a real low for football after the seniors went out, and then, uh, you know, the under twenties were they were just brilliant going getting to that final unexpectedly as well. I uh, going to that kind of final against Mayo, I didn't really have too much expectation, but the way they bet Mayo that day, and then, you know, the bet highly fancy down team in the semi final, um, and then the final itself, just unlucky, um. You know, they, they missed, I think, three or four goal chances in the first 10 or 15 minutes. You know, you put them away, it could be a completely different story. They're just one of those teams that they create loads of goal chances, but they miss a good few as well. So, 
But that that team definitely has enough to, to hopefully maybe not next year to get into the team, but it, the future is definitely bright. Um, the next three or four years is really, it's just given a lift and a bit of positivity going into into the coming years again. Yeah, because I suppose there might have been a bit of a worry there that maybe Roscommon were on a bit of a decline. Like, obviously, you know, you look back in history, it's not like Roscommon have been like Mayo and Galway where they've consistently winning Connacht titles or consistently getting to finals or consistently playing in Division 1, you know. So I suppose maybe there was that worry that Roscommon, after being relegated last year, might be on the decline a little bit. But I suppose with the under-20s, like, it's kind of brought that positivity, I'm sure, back in with the fact that, okay, maybe... Maybe if some of the current crop do step away in the next couple of years and maybe if things don't work out as good as planned. I know underage success doesn't always translate into senior success, but at least you do have the players there and you have the players to turn to if maybe you do need to call upon some under-20s, whether it be in the panel pre-season tournaments or even coming off the bench, like we've seen Galway, uh, Donegal, even Dublin to a certain like effect use that very, very well. So, I mean, there definitely is positives there. Yeah, and it's probably not, it's not an ageing team, the one we have at the moment. Uh, obviously, Carl Craig stepped away there um, a few weeks ago and, and retired. But other than that, there's only, I think maybe two or three in their, in their early 30s and all the rest, you know, like in the Smiths, Mercers, they're kind of just that 27, 28 mark off the top of my head. And he was in and around that that that, that category. So so it's not an ageing team anyways. Um, but I was kind of thinking, actually, before all that under 20, I said our, our underage is nearly dried up we had a great spell for maybe 10 or 15 years where we were in conic finals the whole time we got to a few under 21 all-ireland finals uh won the minor but um yeah they've given a they've given a huge boost to, to the whole county and it's hopefully now um in years to come we see maybe six or seven of that under 20 team in in the starting team um and drive on and keep what this team has done maintaining sort of the last eight for the last three or four years. I know last year didn't, it was gone, but a top eight, top 10 team just maintaining that and keeping it on for the future. Yeah, I suppose you forget as well that like the age profile is pretty decent with us common footballers. Like even you're mentioning Enda Smith, like I nearly felt like he was in his his 30s or his early 30s or his mid 30s because you feel like he's been around for, for such yeah. a long time. So I suppose that is still a positive. Like Connor Cox is still relatively young as well. A lot of the players, maybe the dailies as well. Like, so you still have a lot of the players that are still kind of in and around that kind of prime. So there probably is still another, maybe a chance to push for another Connor, considering the draw as well. And we'll get onto that in a minute. Like there's definitely a, a possibility maybe for us common to do one or two, I suppose, um, you know, big things in, in 2022. Yeah, well, a lot of the current team was on that under-21 team that got to the All-Ireland in 2013 against Dublin. You know, the Smiths, the Marshes, um, two dailies, Sean Malouli, you know, all of them were on that team. So, yeah, that's what you have to hope that this under-21, or under-20 team even, can can do and sort of carry that through the next few years. But, yeah, the team's, I said, young enough. Well, in, in football in terms, anyways, none of them are really close to retiring anyways. Um so there's definitely a lot still in them uh, and you know kind of titles don't come around too often but you'd have to hope there's, there's definitely maybe one more in in this group of players anyways mm. and I suppose the, like the defensive approach you know last year in that Galway game got a lot of negative criticism and I know Stephen Poacher was coming out defending it and, and all the rest and there was definitely a lot of 
I suppose probably a lot of harsh criticism in some ways. Like, you know, obviously you have to, like every team has different ways of winning games, but I suppose it probably was a little bit disappointing given the fact that in the final 10 to 15 minutes, Galway were fairly comfortable really and Roscommon still probably didn't come out of their shell and start playing. So would you expect maybe more of the same stuff in, in 2022 or do you think maybe there might, especially with some of the changes in the background for the management, maybe they might be a bit more, a bit more attacking, a bit more on the front foot in uh, in 2022 yeah it, it is going to be interesting um because Porter got a lot of the blame for that that goal game even though he he wasn't he wasn't yeah. there and he had, he had he had covid for i think he missed 10 days or something leading up to the game so whether how much of an impact he had or did he just leave them to it i don't know who set up you know he was behind the tactics or whatever um but it was yeah it was a definitely I mean, there was big criticism definitely in the county after that game because we, we'd seen enough poor performances in the league like that. So I don't think we're suited to play that, that style of play. I can understand to a certain extent because we're probably not strong enough defensively to maybe go toe-to-toe with, it, with the big team. But you know, when you have Connor Cox, Jeremy Marshall, Donny Smith in your half-back line, and they're not that them type of players. You know, they're just, they're just Aaron Desai. You leave them on the bench... And bring in a more industrious player, or you, you just say, right, we're gonna leave them three up and we're gonna try and work off the bus. Um, I think there has to be some sort of dip, well, definitely more emphasis um put on attacking attacking play next year. Uh, I mean, surely Anthony Cunning would have seen the criticism that he got. Now, whether he's stubborn enough to ignore it and say this is the way I'm gonna do it would be interesting to see. But the fact the whole backroom team has changed, um kind of suggest maybe a different style of play you'd have to think there'd be something different next year otherwise why would they I don't, I don't think they would have all just stepped away um all coincidentally at, at once so i'm expecting some sort of different um style of play and i think you can probably do it in division two again probably no respect to the likes of awfully and claire but if you're playing them we can probably go at them um more so than we would against you know a carrier dublin so um it's definitely probably a decent division if you are going to sort of change the style of play um, to, to, to do with him. Well, that's the thing, like, because I think even from watching Roscommon down the years, the times when I've thought that they've looked at their best is definitely when they've been playing on the front foot, like when you won those two Connacht titles and the one under Kevin McStay. Like, although you did probably, like, and you look back to the Super 8s and obviously there was a few heavy defeats to Dublin and a few other teams, but that's just one of them things, really, that's just probably just going to happen. You know, you're probably going to get beaten either way, really, and... You know, if you ask probably most Roscommon fans, they'd probably take a, a Connacht title and, uh, you know, some disappointing defeats in quarterfinals over, I suppose, defensive football and winning nothing. So I suppose you can't have the best of both worlds. No, I mean, yeah, I, I, Kevin McStay did take some criticism for that as well. Um, we played some great football and I was um, in some games and I was brilliant. You had that, that game against Armagh. In, in the round four qualifier, which was an unbelievable game. Just it was literally attack against attack and who could score the most. And it was brilliant for the neutral to watch. But then you obviously you take the hammerings, you know, against the Mayo replay, Dublin, of course, uh Tyrone, I bet that is by 20 in, in Crow Park. So you, you got them bad days as well. And but that, that's just probably natural the way you play that. So you, you're definitely right. I mean I'd much rather see you play attacking football. And then if you lose, you lose. But if you play, as I said, if you play defensive football, you have to win. There's no, you can play attacking football and lose, but you can say, right, that was a great game. You know, it was just 
and end-to-end stuff and they, you know they just got the better of us you play defensive football and you lose by five or six points it kind of feels like you lose by 15 points it's the same it's just you're so deflated by the end and it's boring to watch you're getting no you're no excitement out of us so yeah yeah you just have to think there'll be some sort of style change next year i'd be i'd be shocked if we still play that that same i'm gonna say it rubbish it was it was rubbish at, at times last year it, it honestly we were one of the most boring teams to watch in the country and that's kind of sad to say about your own county hmm. yeah no it is a fair point all right because even in i suppose some of the, the i mean you can understand why they probably approach division one the way because they're probably saying well look if we go toe to toe with all three of these teams we won't get anything but i suppose they didn't get anything either way anyways unfortunately but how do you reckon is what going on then in, in i suppose in in conclusion in division two do you think it'd be up there fighting for promotion middle of the pack or, or how do you see it playing out uh i'd say we'll be top three anyways as i said i think all we'll get up and i was naming mead cork and Derry then Derry are an interesting one. I don't know. Obviously, coming from Division Three, it's going to be hard to get straight away Division Division Two to Division One. Then, but uh, Cork are an unknown. Um, they were fancied last year and probably the year before that, and they did they didn't really do anything. Um, and me, they're again they're probably similar enough team to us, me at the moment. So it'll be tight. Uh, I yeah, I'm gonna. I think we'll finish second. I think we'll. I think we'll just maybe just a bit of experience. We've been up and down um, more than anyone, nearly. Uh, and we've been consistently in that top. So, I think you'd have to fancy us definitely for top three. I think is a minimum, and I think we'll finish second. And looking at that Connacht, um, the Connacht Championship draw then as well, we were saying you have Mayo and Galway on, on, on one side of the draw and you obviously played a, Roscommon obviously played the winners of, of Sligo or New York. So, I mean, best possible draw really there for yourselves because it gives you, you know, I don't want to discredit Sligo or New York, but in many ways it's almost like, a, it's like a warm-up game in some respects. Obviously you need to treat them with a certain level of respect, but at the same time, you'd feel like surely Roscommon would be good enough to come through that game and then go into a Connacht final. And you've seen in previous years as well, where Mayo and Galway, you know, they they have their big game over on the other side of the draw, they get to a final and then Roscommon sometimes are the ones that usually catch them out in the final. So, you know, you're one game away there, you know, one win away then. And really from there, anything can happen. Yeah, look, I mean, I said earlier, no disrespect to Sligo, but a good Connacht championship draw is avoiding Mayo or Galway to the final. And, and we've done that. I think the last three years we've had to play them. I know we did it in 2019. We bet we bet them both away, but it's 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 very hard to beat, say Mayo and then Galway in the final. You know, to to take out two of them is is very difficult. So, in a one off game, you, again, look like it would be underdogs no matter who we come up against. But um, one off game again, we we we've proven that we we can beat them. Uh, but in terms of draw, yeah, it, it's as probably as good as you could hope for. Um. Although in, in 2015, I think we had just won Division Two and Sligo Betis in, in Markovic Park. And um, now I think Sligo were better then and I think we're better now. So, but it just shows, I mean, Sligo away, oh, I mean, Sligo, they've just gone back a lot. I'm, I'm assuming they'll beat New York, but yeah, to be honest, I don't even know where that game go ahead. 
will they yeah. even travel to, to New York? I can see that being just cancelled and it being a straight Sligo versus Gommon semi-final. But yeah, yeah, look, you'd have to fancy your, chan- your chance against Sligo. It's it's a great opportunity to get to a kind of final. And then who knows, it'll be in Castlebar or Salt Hill again, the final. Um, hopefully Salt Hill, if we won the last two there, it seems to be a, a decent ground for us to go to. Again, I, I well, yeah, you'd rather probably play Galway at this moment in time than Mayo. Um, but look, in terms of draws, yeah, you, you, you probably couldn't have asked for much better. Hmm. How do you see Mayo and Galway playing out then? I mean, in some ways, it's probably a great time for Galway to, to play Mayo. I know obviously both sides will be coming off the back of National League campaigns and, and maybe there might be injuries by then or, or who knows how the situation will be, but... Like the general consensus is anyway, it's a good time for Galway to play Mayo because usually when they've beaten Mayo in these Connacht Championship games, it's been in the been in the early rounds when Mayo are probably coming into the Connacht Championship, maybe not as fresh as what we would see from them later on in the in the championship. So how could you see that game going? Yeah, you know, you're definitely right, because I think Galway, I think they, they bet Mayo three or four years in a row, um, leading up to the Connacht final. So uh there's people you could say the pressure's on Mayo, but there's definitely pressure on Galway, Galway as well after the last couple of years. But with Port Joyce, you know, there I think there has to be a big year in Galway this year. Um, but you, I'd have to fancy Mayo. I, I, if at this moment in time you'd have to fancy Mayo. Um, I don't know, is it in Castle Bear? I think it could be in Castle Bear. Uh, that's so, yeah, not hundred percent. Yeah. I think McHale Park's under construction or something, isn't it, or something? So it might be. Yeah. Um, yeah, I think Mayo will have home advantage anyways. Um, yeah, you'd have to fancy Mayo. But look, I, as we keep saying, goal, we always have to always have the players um to, to cause anyone problems on a given day, but they just don't show it enough. Um so pressure on both, uh definitely. But yeah, I'd probably edge with Mayo anyways. I think about three or four at this moment in time. Look, it's a long way to go. I said league campaigns, we don't know what's gonna happen, who injuries you might pick up so but if you're if you're picking a team right now to, to again no disrespect to Leitrim because they have to play play them or London afterwards but the um the winner of that gets the final and I think it'll probably be Mayo yeah and I suppose even if you were like let's say to get beaten in that kind of final like at least you do have qualifiers as well so you're probably you know maybe one win away then from an all and quarter final there's no super eights this year which is probably better I think in in most people's eyes because it gives you a one-off game to get to a semi-finals rather than having to play through three games in a group stage when a lot of them are probably going to be meaningless so I suppose yeah, you know, with qualifiers back in there, hopefully, anyway, at this time, at this moment of the recording, anyway, qualifiers are going to be in there. You never quite know with the GEA and the world yeah. landscape what's going to happen between now and then. But I'd imagine that's a positive as well. Like, at least it's not like last year or the year before. If you get knocked out in Connacht, you're going to have that, I suppose, next chance or that next opportunity to progress on into the next phase of the All Ireland series. Yeah, no, at this current moment in time anyways that the current structure for next year definitely suits us better anyways um you know a, a qualifier and if we were lucky enough to get into the last day it's a knockout uh because let's be honest the super eights it it, it suits the stronger more so than than the weaker counties that get there you know it's definitely because again if you, you could catch out a Kerry or a dublin or a mayo once in your group and you, you get two points you have to play the next two games and you can lose them both you know so definitely a one-off game suits you know, our Scotland far better than and I'm 
I said Dublin and Kerry probably preferred the Super 8s, um, more competitive games for them going into the semi-final. Um, they'll probably test out maybe a few players in that last game if they if they wrapped up the, the business in, in, in the first two games. But at this moment of time, anyways, that structure would definitely suit us. So hopefully we can get a, like a good crack at it and a, a good year. Um, it has the makings of a good year. Uh, Division 2, decent kind of championship draw, and then possibly... You know, you're a game or away from from the last day, so it definitely has the makings of a good year um, next year. So it's whether or not we can we can take advantage of that. Yeah, and I suppose like looking at the overall big picture of the All Ireland series, as we were saying there, I mean it's a long, a long time away, and I'm sure there'll be a lot of um, you know things that will happen in between and whatnot. But who would you have as the front runners for the All Ireland at this moment in time? I, I, like this is probably one of the first years really in a long time where you're going into it and thinking. There could be any one of three or four teams that could win it. And I suppose with Tyrone winning the All-Ireland last year, we've seen that, you know, it is possible really for some teams to go on a bit of a run, to build a bit of momentum and go all the way and win it. So who would you see as the front runners or favourites at this moment in time? Uh, it's definitely more open yet than, than before. I'm still going to go Dublin again. I think um, I think they, they'll definitely, not a point to prove, but it'll just give them that extra bit of motivation next year. That's almost after that Mayo game, they'd lost one game in about six or seven years and suddenly people were thinking they were finished or something. I mean, it was just ridiculous. Like they were going to lose at some stage, you know, and they lost after extra time to Mayo. I think it probably just Mayo come, the comeback and that and Dublin just lost, just looked lost for energy and just Mayo just, they looked the younger team uh, that night anyways, but yet I still have to fancy Dublin because they're in Leinster. They're going to, to, to walk that probably again straight into a last date and you know they know they know they know it so well um and again the, there's a few obviously i think philly's gone um I'm trying to think who else went was there another retirement there was another one yeah it's it's it, yeah it's evaded my my memory at the minute but yeah I, I, I don't think any of the retirements from what i remember anyway were any any of real yeah so or kevin McManaman actually was the other one he was the other yeah, big. Yeah. Um, he was the other big retirement, but I don't think any of them were going to start or, or play anyways. No. To be honest, no, I'm just yeah, I'm trying to think of the age profile. Like James McCarthy is probably the oldest starter, is he? The likes of maybe Johnny Cooper. I don't know what age he is, but um, you know the likes of Fenton and Kieran Kilkenny. I don't think are. I think they're probably still twenty eight ish, probably yeah. mid to late twenty. Yeah, so like they're not they're not really going anywhere in terms of. Um, you know the age profile, anyways. Um, so uh, yeah, I had to fancy Dublin again. I carry the pressure; it's always on there. And Jack O'Connor coming back, it'll even well, not the pressure, but the scrutiny will be even increased on them now. When so, you know, the Kerry are just crying for an All Ireland at this stage, but it'll probably come at some stage. I think that you know the, you know, the likes of Clifford and Shawnee O'Shea, I cannot see them not winning. An All Ireland by the end of their career at some stage that they're they're still that young you know they probably have about ten or eleven attempts at it so I'd imagine they'll win one Mayo of course I think will Mayo get many better chances than they did last year with, with Dublin and Kerry out of the equation in that final I actually did think they were going to finally win it last year but just don't I don't know just don't seem to have it when it comes to the final it was it was probably it was the tamest. I've seen Mayo in, a, in an All Ireland final as well. The way they they lost that, you know, the, I think the result was never in doubt. With maybe 15, 20 minutes to go in that game, 
which was a disappointing from from Mayo point of view. And obviously in Ulster, I think I can only see Tyrone. Um, when he had, don't think Donegal are good enough anymore. Or they still have youngish players, but again, Donegal are a bit like Mayo when it comes to certain games. They just don't deliver. Um, in them latter stages, so I can't see them winning or Monaghan or Armagh. I think you know they're more last day teams. So I think it's one out of each province. I think Tyrone, Mayo, Kerry, and Dublin, and I, I, and I'd have to go with Dublin again. Yeah, well, hopefully, hopefully you're right, anyways. But I know I was listening to Brian Fenton actually on off the ball. There. I remember a couple of weeks ago, and he gave a great interview, and he was speaking about how it would hopefully reinvigorate the city and get people more behind Dublin. And yeah. you know, I even know plenty of friends and family and even sometimes when you get chatting to people and they do say you know it's one of them things that people don't want to admit but it probably did get a bit boring after a while you know yeah. you know the, the six dollar Ireland was probably just like a, it was just like another win really there was no real massive meaning to it so maybe this year there might be more motivation more meaning to it but I suppose we'll, we'll have to see what happens obviously between now and then is there any surprise packages even in there you think even like from lower down the divisions or you know, even in, even in the, the whole overall spectrum of the All Ireland Championship, you think that could maybe pull off a shock or two or a surprise or two? Maybe it, it even might be Roscommon, who knows? Yeah, I'd like to say, say it'd be Roscommon, but I don't know. I think, I think, I think Derry could be in, in Ulster to could get it. I can't remember. Are they playing Tyrone? I think they are, yeah. I, well, yeah, I think they played a winner of, I think, Fermanagh and Tyrone are in the preliminary round, I think, and then they played a winner, I think. Yeah, so that like that's not an ideal draw, but again, they, they could they could trouble Tyrone in an Ulster game um, at that stage of the season as well. Uh, definitely, I yeah, I like what Derry have done. You know, they were unlucky. They probably should have beaten Donegal last year. Let's be honest. Um, so I, I would have actually said Derry if it if they weren't playing Tyrone. I did say last year actually um, for the league. I did say Tyrone I did predict Tyrone to win the league and have a good year but I didn't tip them for the All-Ireland unfortunately <laughs> but I was kind of claim, half claiming that I saw Tyrone coming um, just trying to think who else is there uh, possibly I mean you always think of me there Kildare could have a, a, a decent run one of them should be in the Leinster final so you'd have to think again they have fancy their chance again to the last days Um you know, Ulster said outside of Derry, I don't see anything from the usual suspects. You have Galway and Roscommon and Connacht, Cork. Yeah, I, w- I would have said Derry if it wasn't for that draw. I'm trying to, I'm trying to think. I don't think there'd be too many major shocks in the championship with runs. Um, as I said, Derry potentially if they um. If they got a run as a qualifier, maybe or something, but um, outside of that, I don't see too many. Yeah, I think that's the main thing. I think that's why it's probably really important that there is qualifiers and yeah, in twenty twenty one, like because you've seen in, in in previous years, I think the provincial championships, a lot of them nearly picked themselves. Like you could see, you could probably nearly put your house on Bokeri and Dublin coming through their provincial championships yeah. at this moment in time and. Connacht, you'd say it's either going to be Mayo, Galway, or Roscommon, and then Ulster. You know, Ulster is probably a lot more open, maybe, but generally speaking, it's very easy to predict a lot of the provincial championships. But I suppose yeah. it is that qualifiers, maybe, where teams might be able to go on a bit of a run. Yeah, yeah, no, definitely. The qualifiers will definitely give more incentive to teams this year. Because last year, I mean, for some teams, you know, if they drew with Dublin or, you know, Sligo and Leitrim play Mayo, you know, you like you're, you're just thinking, what's the point? You know, what, what's the point of that? So at least um, next year, 
with the Towson Cup coming in and, and the qualifiers, it should give teams more of an incentive that if the first game goes wrong, at least they have they can have a run at it, if you like. Um, so, yes, again, hopefully we'll have a better championship because it was disappointing to see the proposal be not go through that time. Um, because the players want change. It's, it's clear to see, especially in them lower counties, you know, Get, getting two games in the month of June and July, it just isn't. It, it isn't good enough, really, anymore. You know, like you, you want them to play, but you're like they're probably saying, "What's the point of me training seven, eight months, only to get one or two games in, in the summer?" Like you know, so I think that boiled me blood um, when that proposal will be. You know, the players just completely ignored by by people above them. Um, you know, it's disappointing to see the likes of I think Galway and Mayo voted voted no and all the Ulster counties so they'll have to come back with some sort of proposal again because I think change has to happen at some stage and it has to happen quick enough you don't want these the, this current group of players to miss out on on a different championship that comes in maybe in seven eight years time you know you, you want it to happen soon enough and and to even try it give, give it a trial period like the Super Ace and see see how it works and then you can tweak it or, or, or change again if you want so um but yeah next year's championship looks better on paper anyways yeah well, i suppose that's the thing like as you're seeing a lot of different players opting out and i think red oak murphy opted out of sligo and you're seeing a whole host of different players from the lower divisions like players retiring and even antrim have got a whole host of players who have opted out from the side who came through division four last year so I suppose it is one of them things as well where the provincial councils probably have too much of a pull like on, on provincial tournaments and you're even seeing the pre-season tournaments coming back in and all the rest, which is probably a good thing to be fair, you know, for, for, for next year anyway. So it gives a lot more game time to players. But I suppose at the same time, like they were saying they were going to run pre-season or they were saying they were going to run the, run the provincial tournaments as pre-season tournaments. Maybe, you know, there just needs to be more meaning for those provincial tournaments because I'm sure even from your own point of view as well like if you were to win a, a conic championship and then I think it was finished what sixth or seventh in division two you'd essentially have nothing to show for it so I suppose maybe that's the main thing is just making sure the provincial tournaments do count for something anyways regardless of when they're played yeah yeah no I mean when it came to that that vote bigger counties looked after themselves I mean one of the arguments I think for the Mayo side was that that sixth that sixth in Division One didn't get didn't get through, but I mean, I think I heard I think Niall Morgan was talking about it. He said if you finish sixth in Division One and you play seven games, that means you probably lost three or four. Do you really deserve to, to go through after losing three or four championship games? No, you don't. Yeah, so they were just looking after them themselves. Um, probably the same like Kerry as well, just asking for another spot to be given to the Division One team. Um. And then actually another thing was the Ulster, yeah, the, it was the Ulster Council kind of pushing the no vote as well. I think it was only, was it down, I think it was the only county to vote yes. Um, and Colin Parkinson had the Ulster chair, chairman on and he was he was saying that there'd be only three or four thousand at a Tyrone Armagh League Championship game. I mean, that's, that's ridiculous stuff to think. I mean, that has to be packed out, you know, at Tyrone. Mm. Tyrone Armagh league, league championship game, you know, it could be could be battling to to get through. I think just has to be a complete change in mentality and openness to to change this championship because it's been boring for too for too long. You get a, a few good semi-finals and a final, hopefully, at the end of the year. And people think, oh yeah, it was a great championship. But I tell you, when when Mayo 
hammer a leachum or something we're all having the same discussions again so i think it has to happen sooner rather than later yeah because you could see you could see a scenario again next year where we end up having that same conversation like in terms of mayo you know hammering out addition to I suppose uh, Leitrim maybe in a semi-final and then I think Dublin might end up playing Wexford again fully enough so maybe you could end up yeah. seeing a, a similar situation there as well like and I think in the club championships you're seeing the perfect solution really like in terms of you've your senior your intermediate your junior and you're seeing with the club championship games I know maybe with the fact that conditions maybe play a part and they're, they're only 60 minute games so maybe that's why they're a lot closer a lot of the time but a lot of those games are fiercely competitive like you've seen Mount Belly my lock nearly got beat by Balnamore, Sean O'Heslands of Leitrim. And then, as you were saying earlier, Turtle Strand nearly turned over and more. So, like, there definitely is a lot of solutions there anyways. It's just, you know, it's whether it's this year, next year, or in five or ten years' time, whenever it is, when they finally find the fix. Yeah, yeah, no, definitely. The club the club seems to work good. You see in the, in the, in the ladies' championship as well, the, the senior, intermediate, junior. Um, yeah, you earned the right to get in. I mean, you saw with the, with the Mead ladies, they won the intermediate, they were good enough to get into senior, and then they, they pulled off probably the, the greatest shock in an all Ireland you, you, you'll probably see by beating by beating Dublin. So it de- it seems to work in the ladies, all right. Um, again, it's just whether people are wanting in the men's. I think we're just too stubborn to to have change. Um, the provincials will always have to be there because they're they're precious over them. Um, so yeah, there just has to be that that openness and willingness to actually listen to ideas. I think for the proposal B, it just seemed like there were some people that were just, they just didn't want to listen to any argument for it at all. They had all the negatives, they didn't want to hear the positives for it. So I think there has to be, I said, the, the willingness to, to, to listen to ideas, to, to shout them out, to get them on the table and then come to a solution to... I wouldn't not that save football because it's in a good position, but just to give a bit of life. I mean, the hurling did it with the the round robin um for the the Munster and Leinster championships, and it gave a new life um three or four years ago, whenever that came in, and everyone was raving about the hurling. So if we can have that with the football when it comes in, you can just imagine the crowds should be up. Look, it's it's badly needed, and especially for them smaller counties. To give them to give them hope and um to, to work their way through the divisions and one day maybe play in the top sixteen um against the the top teams. Hundred percent, yeah. Like I remember watching the I think it was one of the interviews of one of the the people who was in charge of the Leinster Council on off the ball, and it was probably yeah. one of the more bizarre interviews I've ever seen. Like it's definitely it's definitely well needed. Definitely change is is definitely needed at some point. But I suppose we could go on and and talk about this probably you know for the next few hours. But realistically, you know what we'll see obviously what changes over the the next um the next couple of years or so i suppose before we finish up where can people find uh, your own podcast the sideline view if anyone's looking to i saw i suppose subscribe to your own channel or, or follow your own podcasts yeah if you just search it on youtube the, the sideline view with uh, daryl connor or on spotify or apple Podcasts, you should find me there perfect yeah well i'll link it down below anyway and cheers dara for coming on i appreciate it no bother aaron